You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. I am your host, Casey Corbin, and thank you for joining me today on the show. Before we get to the show and the diddly diddly do, uh, let's talk about those uh, social media places where you can find us. You can find us on the Twitter at TNWPod, on Instagram at Talking Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you can send us a Gmail, talkingwrestling at gmail.com. You can hit us up there. Or, you know what, go to our Facebook page. It's relatively new. All the info's there, every episode, the links, videos, you know, it, it's all there. Uh, go there on Facebook at Talking Wrestling and give us a like. Can you do that? We'd appreciate it. Uh, if you want to follow us on the Twitter, that would be great. More importantly, on iTunes, if you can go and give us a review and a uh, five-star rating, uh, you can get a postcard from the 80s. Uh, the book I have is called, and this is a legitimate thing, it's called uh, the All-Star Wrestling Postcard Book, and I'm holding it in my hand right now, and if you send us a five-star review with a rating, we will send you a postcard, and postcards include, oh, the gentleman Chris Adams, yeah, he's the inventor of the super kick. Oh, Magnum T.A., who doesn't love Tessa Blanchard's father? Happy birthday. I believe it's today, Magnum. I uh, saw that on the Twitter today. Oh, my God. Tony Atlas, Carlos Carlin, Ric Flair is still here. The Ric Flair postcard has not even went out yet. Uh, the fabulous one, Steve Karen, Skinner, and Sweet Stan Lane. Um, the Junkyard Dog, Kamala, Jerry Lawler, Ricky Mart. How is Ricky Martel still here? Paul Orndorff, Roddy Piper. Tommy Rich. These postcards are all still here, folks. I want to get rid of them. I don't want to keep these. I want to get these out to you. Oh my God, the Express that is rock and roll. They are there. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter, Greg Valentine, uh, the Murderer, Superfly Jimmy Snuka. They're all here, folks. Oh my God. Uh, Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> Speaking of murderers. Oh, and he's with woman uh, who has, well, Nancy Benoit. Um, yeah. Uh, the Boogie Woogie Man. He's still available. Oh, jeepers. Oh, my God. Kevin Von Erich, the barefoot one. Carrie Von Erich, the dead one. Uh, Barry Windham, and he's looking good. This, this, this is from 1983, let me tell you. And, of course, Jesse the Body Ventura. So uh, there's no conspiracy there. These postcards have got to go. Let me get them in your hands. So send us a five-star review rating, a favorable review, and uh, that would be just too sweet. So what can I tell you? This week was uh, last weekend. I went to uh, Ken Shamrock. I was uh, doing a show with Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, and Ken Shamrock was on his uh, the world's most dangerous tour through Ontario and uh, Quebec, Canada, uh, where he hit uh, Montreal and all up and down the 401 towns like uh, Toronto, Brockville, Kingston, London, probably. 
uh, Fergus, all these towns. He, he hit a whole bunch of towns and did shows, uh, speaking to her and Q&A and meet and greets. And I just got to say, from working with him last night, um, not intimidating at all. Really, really nice guy. You know, considering that this guy is legitimate, one of the toughest guys in the history of the world of fighting. Like, if there's a Mount Rushmore of UFC fighters, Ken Shamrock is probably one of the rocks that are on there. You know, they say uh, when you find a Shamrock, you're lucky. Well, uh, not if you find that Shamrock in the octagon. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, This guy was amazing in his prime. He's in the UFC Hall of Fame and a good WWE career to boot during the Attitude Era, which was the most competitive era in the WWE, and just a hell of a nice guy. And his show last night, I got to tell you, very interesting, very motivational. I talked about his upbringing, you know, and how uh, he was in and out of, uh, you know, different uh, juvie halls and stuff like that, and, and then how he rose above it and how he became... You know, a fighter, and uh, and talked about his fighting career, and then uh, did a question and answer. And usually, I do these, and uh, I have to tell you, it's quite interesting because usually I do them, and they're all wrestling crowds. But um, this was a very diverse crowd because it was wrestling crowds and UFC guys. So there were, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, wrestling shirts and a lot of Ed Hardy shirts. <laughs> and I was like. And it was pretty funny. So, but I think most of the questions were directed towards the UFC. So, um, if you were at the show or any of the shows and you thought you didn't get enough wrestling questions asked uh, to Ken Shamrock, well, maybe go back and give uh, Talking Wrestling, the Ken Shamrock uh, issue, a listen. Uh, because that's all we talked about was wrestling and very little UFC. And then, as far as the meet and greet goes, just a simple meet and greet. You know, you get a picture, get an autograph. I love it, you know, and these are a lot of how these guys make their money these days as on the meet and greet. So, you know, if you like them, support them, get a picture with them, throw the 20 down, you know, it's a good deal. It's a lifetime memory. You know, I always uh, try to support the wrestlers and throw some money down and uh, get at least one picture or, or a signed autograph or something. Um, so with that said, uh, Ken Shamrock was a solid show last night. And I'm curious to see what uh, the great uh, bookers at uh, A1 Entertainment, who they bring through next. And hopefully they'll bring another uh, person through before the end of the year. Now, uh, with that said, a couple weeks ago, I was at House of Hardcore. It was a special night, um, a very hot night in Napanee, Ontario. And uh, quite the card, spectacular card was put on with uh, great talent like uh, from Lucha Libra, Willie Mack, you know, RJ Skinner from here in Toronto. RJ Skinner, sorry, RJ City uh, from Toronto. I just said Skinner with the uh, postcards, so now I have that in my hand. RJ City. And uh, who else? Who else was there? There was so many. Uh, of course, Tommy Dreamer and Badass Billy Gunn and many, many more. Uh, such a great, talented show. And uh, today on the show, I have someone that I met there. Uh, one of the referees, um, Jim Conley, who goes by the name of Old School, and he's Ontario's oldest uh, working referee. He uh, is 63 years old, and we got uh, we got him on the show, and uh, that interview with him is coming up right now. So, uh, Casey, take it away. Did I just throw to myself? Yeah, yeah, I did, because I'm absolutely perfect. Enjoy the interview, and... Uh, We'll talk to you soon. 
Hey folks, right now I have a special guest. I met him at the House of Hardcore 44. Uh, he was refereeing a majority of the matches, including the main event. And uh, and I got to meet him and talk to him and thought he's perfect for the show. And now he's on here today. Uh, old school referee, Jim Connolly. How are you doing? Thanks for coming on Talking Wrestling. I'm fantastic and thanks for having me. Excellent, excellent. Just to let the people know, you're the oldest active pro wrestling referee in Ontario, Canada, which is... Uh, That's my claim to fame. Yes, I think so. I don't never call myself the best, but I am the oldest. Well, that's fantastic. And and how do you and uh, how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? No, absolutely not. I started when I was 45. I've done this for 18 years, so I'm now 63 years old. Holy smokes. That's like a couple of years younger than Jerry Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> and he's still active, too, so there you go. He, if you were refereeing one of his matches, it'd be the very few times you'd have to be like, break it up, sir, you know? <laughs> yeah, I haven't refed any, uh, him at all yet, but... Uh, I got to referee a fun guy last night. I was refereeing the old Quebecer, Pierre Ouellette. Oh, Pierre Ouellette, the yeah, uh, yeah, the Quebecer, the the pirate. Does he still wear? Yeah, the he's eye now patch? calling himself PCO, and um, I'm just thinking of an older wrestler. And uh, this guy was for Demand Lucha in Toronto, and uh, he just put on such a show. And the only reason I'm bringing it up because if I was doing my, you know, I don't know if you're going to ask me or not what's my favorite match to referee, but um, I always say it's Fit Finley versus Harry Smith. My second one was Josh Alexander versus basically anyone, especially Speedball Mike Bailey. Yeah. But after 18 years, PCO's match last night against the frat tag team member Channing Decker, it was a hardcore match, that would be number three. It was unbelievable. This guy can still go. So it was just a thrill to work with uh, some of the old WWE stars. And uh, he can still go. He just put on a clinic and uh, people were had their mouths open to the whole match. Couldn't believe it was him. That's fantastic, and he's he's still a, he's still a fair size, right? Like he he wrestled at a pretty uh, heavy size. Like he was a bigger guy, yeah. definitely bigger than Jock when they wrestled together. Oh, for sure. And if you haven't seen him lately, uh, YouTube him because I usually prepare for matches if I know I'm going to work with somebody, and I wasn't sure if I was or not, but I sort of thought I would because on the Demand Lucha we have a lot of the Chicago guys, and uh, I figured I wouldn't be refing them so much. They're the flippity floppers, and yeah. uh, they usually have the younger refs do them, so I. I thought I might get PCO, so I certainly YouTubed him, and I was like shocked that he's doing like the strongman bit where he does the concrete block on the stomach and the, you know, sledgehammer breaking it, and uh, he's built himself up. He's jacked, um, but in really good shape. And uh, his finish last night was a moonsault after about a 20-minute hardcore match. So wow! And there was blood, and I work for a hardcore promotion named Deathproof in Toronto, and that was as good a hardcore match as I've ever seen. And uh, I would have to rank it number one. That's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. And where, where where was that? Was that at Lee's Palace? It was at Lee's Palace. Yeah, we go to two places there. There's a place on Alliance uh, Boulevard, I believe it's called, in Toronto. And uh, that's a, more of a Latin flavor. Uh, we really do get a lot of the luchadors. And last night was Lee's Palace, which is more of a metro kind of show, like for the, uh, I don't know what you call them anymore, the hipsters or whatever, but uh, they, and they love it too. So um, we had guys from uh, Lucha Underground, we had PJ Black, and uh, some guys from Evolve, we had Darby Allen. So I mean, uh, it, it's a real mixed bag and entertaining. That's the nice thing about Ontario right now, and I think we discussed that when I met you, is there's a lot of niche wrestling, like there's... Yeah. Um, as I understand it, there's 22 promotions in Ontario, 
and a lot of them offer something a little bit different. So it makes it really interesting for me. I worked for 12 of them last year, so I'm seeing quite a bit of difference in them, and it was so fun to come out east to Napanee because my family, my father's family, is from the Kingston area in York, Yorker, and that area there, so it was kind of a special to go there. So I'm hoping to maybe do some things with Chinlock, and uh, hopefully that's in my future. Yeah, I would think so. I would definitely... Uh... You know, you worked House of Hardcore, and that that goes through, I think, Tommy, and probably Jan had a hand in that. So, Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah, and Jan Murphy, for those uh, the yeah. guests that uh, don't know, Jan Murphy was, I think, issue eight of this podcast. He was our uh, eighth guest on the show, a fantastic guest, and just a great supporter of the show as well. I actually saw him last night. We did, uh, Ken Shamrock was in town, and uh, we had the... Uh, there's, see, that's the thing. Is like you can't just have one wrestling card anymore in Toronto. There's got to be two things going on, so a so a fan has to make up their mind. And oh, absolutely! And it, that's it, it's that's how great it is. You know, I know. And I was actually listening to the radio this morning. I was listening to a show called Busted Open, and uh, they were saying right now is probably the best time to be a fan in wrestling. Like whether you're talking about internationally or whatever, because. Fans are starting to see that WWE is not the only game in town. Not by the numbers particularly, but when they're watching things and seeing guys like Cody Rhodes and things uh, and people of that nature and Kenny Omega, they're really, really getting turned on to new products. And that's what it's all about. And I think people are starting to discover Ontario indie wrestling is second to none in the world as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, I 100% here, agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And the talent here is amazing. And uh, without getting into politics too much, of course, um, for the people out there who don't know, there's a real problem working in the States for Canadians. Um, we can't take away American jobs. So unfortunately, a lot of the talent here is kind I don't want to say the word stuck here, but they're stuck here because they really can't go over the border. And, it, and it's frustrating because Americans can come up and work here very easily. Absolutely, and there's a, it's, it, it's, uh, you would know more about it being a comedian, but I know there's an yeah. entertainment kind of uh, uh, exception there, and I have no problem with uh, them coming here, because to me it just makes the talent better, the show is a little bit better. I 100% really love agree. my American friends and uh, who come over, and a lot of them from New York come over to Toronto and uh, Cincinnati, you know, uh, met a lot of people, and then some of the better talent can come over, and uh, it challenges ours and makes them raise up. Of course, I'm talking about guys like Josh Alexander, who are kind of here and really can't get over and get, uh, they have to be sponsored by a big company like Ring of Honor or mm. someone who can afford the visa thing. And uh, if there's any issues with like Michael Elgin and things, it, it really does create a problem. So, the, you know, uh, the wrestling world is kind of being, I don't know, being punished or something because they're not able to see the great Canadian talent right now. And uh, that that's everybody's, you know, uh, it's to everybody's disadvantage because they should be seeing this great talent. No, and it, and it is a it is a uh, something that Canada needs to fix. It, it's very it, musicians don't have it as difficult as stand ups or wrestlers. Uh, you know where where there's a there's a greener pasture in the states, and it has nothing to do with one country being better than the other. It just has to do with a population density and less miles traveled. And absolutely. That's all it is, and it's more opportunity, you know, and I explain this to people all the time. They're like, you know, how come comedy isn't bigger in Canada? I'm like, look at we have the population of California with the landmass exactly. of Russia. So, exactly. you know, like, I'm pretty it, sure comedians and because I have a few, there's a big connection between comedy and wrestling. And uh, as I, I know a couple of comedians who are 
into the wrestling, uh, as per, uh, actually involved in the business. Mm-hmm. And I uh, actually have one guy who was a wrestling person. He had a big website at one time back uh, maybe 10 years ago, and now he's going up for stand-up. So as I understand it, you guys don't make much more than the wrestlers do, if any, if at all more. We're not exactly taking thousands and thousands of dollars away from Americans. No. Uh, 50 bucks here and 20 bucks here. And uh, I know referees, as I describe ourselves as gum on the bottom of your shoe, we're not treated the best. I mean, uh, we're a step above, you know, the ring crew comes in for one show. That's about it. So we're not paid terribly well. Um, but even I wouldn't take the chance to go down to the States because, um, you know, a couple of the wrestlers I know are actually banned now. They can't oh, yeah. And then if you get caught at the border and uh, yeah. you get caught lying, um, yeah. you know, you... Uh, yeah, you risk getting uh, banned for like sometimes seven years. Yeah, actually, I know one wrestler is for five years right now, but uh, and unfortunately, you can't advertise yourself. So if you do go to the states, you can't. Put yeah, on you have to media do it because if you do, that's how you get caught. I know that's one of my friends. That's what happened. The border guard just said, "Okay," he said, "That's funny because I can see your picture here on the social media. I can see it." Exactly. So you are coming down to the states, and you are getting paid. Yeah. So. And it's like when I, yeah, I go to LA once a year and I go down and do some podcasts, but I'm not getting paid for the podcast appearances. And I'm also, um, I'll go down and do a few shows, but they're never shows where I get paid for. They're just sort of open mic shows, but open mic shows in LA are fantastic because it's very talented comedians. So, uh, you know, I, like, I always just started like, what I have to tell them at the border, like, what do I do? I'm an, I'm an entertainer. I'm a stand up comedian. And they're like, are you coming in for work? I'm like, no, just coming down to visit friends for a week and then uh, back up to Ontario because I'm in the middle of a tour. And they've always been good with me, so I haven't been pulled aside or had them go through I my... I think as long as you don't lie. I mean, sometimes, and I, and I understand now a lot of times if you can get a letter from a promotion saying, here's how much I'm going to get. It's basically just for gas. Yeah. Um, if you can get that, I understand that's okay. I go down to Cauliflower Alley every year um, in Vegas. Yeah. And... Uh, they have shows there, and I'm always tempted to work, but then I just keep going, you know what, is it worth it, you know, to get, you know, I like to visit the States, I don't want to get banned, and uh, all that kind of stuff, so I, I avoid working there. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just best so I've only, not to. In my 18 years, I've only worked in uh, Ontario, and I have been asked to go to the States once or twice, but uh, I'm going to stay safe. <laughs> yeah, it just makes sense. So, you're so 45, you're 60, 63 now, you said, 63 or 62? 63. So that's almost yeah. a good 20 years reffing. Uh, Pretty close. And uh, what promotions do you mostly ref for? Well, presently uh, in the Toronto, well, I mean, I'm, I live up in Elmville, which is about half an hour north of Barrie, Ontario, if you know you're Ontario. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, I'm working for Death Proof which is a hardcore uh, one in Toronto and Hamilton. My major one is PWA, and that's out of Kitchener. They also, the the offices, if you want to say that, are out in Vancouver, and that's legit. And uh, they also do a bunch of shows during the year, but Kitchener's their main place. I work for Greek Town, which is a up-and-coming promotion. Yeah, they're fairly popular already in Toronto. Absolutely, and they bring in the big stars and uh, feature RJ City and uh, Space Monkey and Josh Alexander and some guys in from Quebec in the States, Josh Sampson, that comes down quite often, and Magnum CK. I also work for Barry Wrestling, which is very close to me, and it is very up-and-coming. It's, I think we were drawing 40 people at the beginning, and now we've had a couple of shows just over the 200 mark. We sort of cooperate with Smash a bit, so there's a bit of uh, trading of talent and things like that. That's cool. Um, I, I usually go to the anime show every year just for fun. 
Mm-hmm. That's a fun promotion just to kind of work for. Um, I work for a group down in Port Coburn called Millennial. And that's just a very small place. I work for No Limits in Hamilton, which is just starting up, and it's uh, more of a strong style, which is a really, really good promotion. I'm looking through my results here to see who I work for. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> oh, MCW in Brantford. I haven't been with them. If, uh, at this point now, I'm uh, starting to get conflicts with shows, and I didn't used to before, but I'm, I've actually worked more in the last couple of years. Yeah, I work. Courage Pro out of Hamilton, and uh, I did one show for Alpha this year, which I was very pleased with because I haven't worked for them. And I do my debut, although I think just a, just a one show thing, but I do my debut with Destiny on the weekend because they're doing a, a tour of rib fests and pizza fests and things across. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, when, when so is, they've what? been doing quite a few, and they're bringing in people. So, for instance, the show I'm doing, which is fairly close to where I live, they're bringing in Hornswoggle for that one. So that's kind of cool. I've never worked with him before, so I get to meet him anyway, so that's always fun. And i I, I got to give a shout-out to Rock Solid Wrestling, even though I don't work for them anymore. I did a good decade for them, and um, we've just gone our separate ways, and I wish them well in their future endeavors. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> there comes a point sometimes people just think I'm too old, and I guess I am in a certain way, but... Uh, more promotions like me than don't, so that's okay. But I, I just want to mention that because I did—I have no hard feelings there, and that's uh, that's a great promotion in Northern Ontario. Yeah, like I love that you worked being old into your angle. Like that's why you're called old school. And the minute I saw you, you know, I believe I said old school without knowing that you were old school because when I, I saw your. <laughs> That actually came up, yeah, because I've actually gone to the bow tie gimmick lately on a few people's suggestions. Love it, love it. it and looks uh, like I've early... become a character, and it was a total accident. I think we discussed about this. I wasn't getting booked, and uh, I started looking in the mirror and saying, what have I got? You know, why aren't people booking me? Oh, I'm old. Well, let's go with it instead of against it. So, hey, I'm the oldest active referee. I started wearing the, the bow tie in the last little while. Um, I've got sh- uh, merchandise now. I started selling shirts, and they went really well. I just ordered a new shipment in. And um, I've become a character, and the only reason is because I'm old, so I play up to it. Um, some of the announcers will make little jokes, like he's the senior referee, and we do mean senior, that kind of line, and uh, yeah. I'll play along with it and pretend I'm walking on a walker or you know, <laughs> whatever. You know? Do you have to take bumps very often, or do they respect um, that you're older and like prefer not to have you taking any bumps? It's a great question, actually, because um, it really depends on the promoter. Now, I broke in with Ron Hutchison, who was the trainer of Edge, Christian, Tristratus, etc. Him and I used to stand outside Maple Leaf Gardens as youngsters, and uh, I guess there's the te- 10 years between us, and I wasn't really friends with him or anything. We just, that's like, you meet people in, in lines, and that's what happened. Hmm. We met each other, kept being in the same spot. So um, at 45, uh, he, I asked him, I said, is there something I can do in wrestling? I, I had a very successful elementary teaching career, and I just decided that, you know, I'm 45 now. I've never asked. I never trained. It wasn't the internet back in the day where you found out, you know, where the wrestling schools are and things like that. I didn't yeah. know you could train. I didn't know you could become a wrestler. I thought that was, you know, some kind of magic. I don't know how, what I thought, but I just didn't think any, a normal person could go and become a wrestler. So uh, he said... You know, bring your running shoes one day, and we did. He did a, a series at the CNE in Toronto, and one day he says, "You've got your running shoes here." I said, "Yep." Well, you're roughing the next match. That was my training. Um, I learned on the go since, and uh, he, to get back to your question, protected me. So I worked with him for three years. Nice. And in those days, you, you, the training was 
hey, I don't get paid. <laughs> so instead hmm. of paying money, I just didn't get paid for three or four years. Now the guys get paid within the second show they do. But uh, yeah, he wouldn't. He protected me. He wouldn't let people bump me for three years. And then finally he said, okay. Um, and then it really does depend on the promoter and how they feel. They're, you know, they get a little nervous about being around me. I will take any bump. I mean, I'm not a wrestler. I've trained a little bit under Jimmy Corderas, who's the former WWF referee mm-hmm. lives in Toronto. So we who who has taken some uh, some fantastic bumps? <laughs> Absolutely, but his line is he didn't want me to train. He because I actually did a little training lately in the last couple of years, in the last six months, to be honest, just for fun. And Jimmy is very adamant. He says you you're not a wrestler. You shouldn't look like a wrestler. So. If you get hit, he just wants you to slump down, and uh, and I think that's a good way of doing it too. Uh, his word is crumple, just crumple. Mm-hmm. And I think and for most of the bumps I take, I crumple. I'm not a big fan of wrestlers touching me, if that makes sense to you. Like I don't want to take a suplex or anything like that. Yeah. But if they accidentally reverse into me or something, I mean, I I don't move as fast as some of the young guys, so sometimes I do get in the way, and you get crashed into, and where you're getting. I'm about a. 170, well, about 185 pounds, we'll say 180 pounds. So when a 200-pound guy hits me or plus, it hurts. And uh, actually, in the match you saw, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Dreamer got reversed into me and knocked the wind out of me for a while. So, uh, <coughs> yeah, he's a, he's a big boy. Yeah, and I couldn't believe that because that's what made me want to ask that question was like, you took a yeah. bump in that hardcore match. and uh, Yeah, well, it was, it was, it was, they just moved so fast. I'm a... It was against uh, Braxton Sutter, who was calling himself uh, uh, Pepper Parks again. And I've worked with him several times. I've worked with Tommy Dreamer maybe three times. Um, So I wasn't really expecting that. It was kind of a, they did a reverse. They were throwing in the one corner and then reversed it. And I was standing in the opposite corner. We tend to, referees usually stand in the corner and usually diagonal to the wrestlers if we can. So we can see everything, but we don't want to be in their way either. So, um, yeah, so I got the full brunt of it. And, uh... Lucky the young ref was able to run out and help me a little bit. Yeah. So I don't go out of my way. I, I, if you're asking me honestly, I prefer to be in the background. My biggest compliment is, you know, you didn't notice me other than the character or maybe had a chuckle and I try to do that before the match or, you know, somewhere with a, a lull. I don't try to take uh-huh. I don't want to take any anything away from the wrestlers. They're the stars. They're the talent. And I think any referee who takes over, I think, uh, won't last very long. So... I try to stay in the background. I would prefer not to get into angles and and spots and things. Uh, I would just like to count to three and do my job. Now, how much um, are are you involved in the planning of a match, or how much do you know where the match is going? Do you or do you just know the finish? Like, how does that work as as being the referee for a match? So I'm taking it. This this podcast is not kayfabe. Okay. Uh, No, no, Um, it's it's uh, it's just talking wrestling. Honest answer. I know the finish. Okay. I know where it's going. I know the end. And I usually ask, you know, do you sort of know when this is going to end? Like, in other words, I'm going to do a suplex and a thing and then start looking for the end. Okay, so I sort of know where I'm going. However, that's it. So we're, I've described it as saying that the wrestlers are actors because they know what they're doing. Yes. And the referees are improv. Oh, Because we have to guess to what they want. Yeah. That's perfect way. We have to guess. I don't know. What reaction do you want? You know, you're choking the guy. Am I supposed to see it? Am I not supposed to see it? If I catch you, you're going to be mad. Or you're not gonna... So you're, there's a lot of improv in there, and we have to take a chance a lot of times. And I'm wrong sometimes. 
you know, sometimes I interpret things wrong. Or uh, as I say, I said, if, if uh, two wrestlers have a five-star match, they're never going to go, hey, wow, you know what? That referee really helped make it out a five-star match. But if they have a bad match, they certainly will first go to the referee and say, boy, oh boy, you blew this. And uh, how come you did this? And why did you do that? So um, for any young people out there, um, have some thick skin. I'm sure it's like comedy. Have some thick skin because you are going to be insulted. To be honest, I'm an educator. I've got a couple of university degrees. I learned more in professional wrestling than I learned in anything I've ever done. I've gotten more confidence out of it because I, I had to be strong. And the idea that I did this for 18 years, for me, that's amazing because I, don't, I do suffer from a confidence problem. Um, as I say, there aren't too many people out there who want, grew up saying, gee, I can't wait. I, I really want to be a referee when I grow up. No, Every and- referee is a frustrated wrestler. <laughs> we all are. Yeah. So everyone, if they say they're not, they're not telling you the truth. And it's the same so. with like, you know, uh, it's the same with, with me in comedy. Like I, I've got all the confidence in the world in uh, going on stage and performing in front of people. But, you know, uh, I said this on last week's show, I get really nervous if I'm out of my element. And I, I really felt out of my element at uh, House of Hardcore, actually. And I didn't get many interviews with anybody, even though I had full access to the of the dressing room, uh, courtesy of yeah. Mr. Tommy Dreamer, who is fantastic. And I was yeah, just... He was uh, great. And I just didn't, I didn't want to bother anyone. I didn't, yeah. you know, I, I'd never been... You can't tell either. Sometimes, because I mean, a lot of times... Um, we become really, really good friends because, I mean, I'll ref some local guys in Ontario like Josh or RJ or those people, you know, 50, 60 times. Yeah. But it's when, you know, Tommy Dreamer comes in, I've refed him three times. And there's no, I don't fool myself into thinking that he remembers who I am because he's in a different show every night. So, yeah, you're never sure about the personalities. Now, of the business, the only person I've ever become friendly with was Steve Carino, and that's just because he ended up uh, playing a commissioner role at Death Proof. So, um, and he's one of the older wrestlers, so we had something in common. Um, so we chatted a bit, and uh, so he's been very nice to me. But like even PCO last night, or um, Tommy Dreamer, for a certain example, you never know what their personalities are really like. Uh, Billy Gunn, for instance, yeah, you know, he came off. He's, he's a huge man. I could not believe how big he was. Nobody gets it. I, I, you, it. I'm surprised. Sometimes I see guys and I work with them and I go, boy, they're a lot smaller than I thought they were. I shared an elevator with Stan Hansen, and I was like, my gosh, he's not that huge guy I thought he was. Cause he, you know, he's older now, and he's lost <laughs> yeah. weight. And but uh, yeah, Billy Gunn is way bigger than I think people picture him. And uh, I did he's not kind of intimidated, and you don't know his personality. PCO was like that last night too. Yeah. And then I thought I made a mistake in the match. And I went to apologize, and he just couldn't stop laughing. He says, "Oh no, I pulled one over on you." And he was just being silly. But the, he didn't say five words before the show, so we all thought he was this big scary guy. Nobody really knew him, and then he was just a regular nice guy by the end of it. But uh, you just never know. Willie Mack was kind of the same at Hardcore. Um, he was a totally different guy after the match. He yeah. relaxed. It was fun. Um, but what a fun wrestler. Match, what so a fun wrestler to watch, too. Very fun oh, wrestler to watch. I, I hadn't seen him before. And, uh, you know, sometimes as a referee, it's really dangerous because you've got to focus. Yeah. And oftentimes, I'll find myself watching the match, and that's dangerous. You don't want to be watching the match. You want to be watching the moves and, the, and, the, and the, you know, watching, following the shoulders. But, you know, I was actually... This is a guy who's, uh, if you haven't seen him, a little heavier, little, you know, not really jacked at all. And he's doing lucha moves on yeah. the top rope. He was amazing. amazing. Napanee got a really great show. 
I thought so too. Really disappointed that the crowd probably wasn't as big as people were thinking because I don't know if they understood how big House of Hardcore is. But I mean, the people who there, I, I never talk about the people who didn't come. I always talk about the people who came. The people who came loved it and had a great time. Yeah. So hopefully, if you have an opportunity, it was it was it. yeah it was definitely something special. Uh, you know, when I look back at the matches, I was so entertained by the squad. Um, you know, like I'm, you know, the great thing about indie wrestling is, uh, you get to see, you know, like, uh, wrestling careers are like comedy careers. There's no top of the ladder or, you know, you can be climbing that ladder forever. And maybe there are really great spots where there are the best views on this ladder, but doesn't mean you're going to be there forever. That goes for the WWE or the top, the top of the top. There's so many parallels between it or, you know. Um, the entertainment field and sports uh, wrestling. I don't call it sports entertainment. I refuse. Yeah, because um, I'm old and I. I no, I, it is. I call it wrestling too. Especially yeah. it, it, only WWE sports entertainment. What I go to see indie wrestling is indie wrestling. Um, yeah. You know, and it's and it's true to that point. Like you see guys that you know clearly Billy Gunn is climbing down the ladder. You know, he's Absolutely. not as high as he used to be. But the great thing is, if as long as you're moving up the ladder. You know, you get you're going to get to work with some fantastic people, and especially uh, right now, like like right now in indie wrestling, if you haven't been in a, anywhere in Ontario, they're bringing in the big names, and uh, um, and then you get to see the, the new guys. Of the past, perhaps. Pardon me. Uh, yeah, and then you get to well, see the new guys, the local guys, and that's fantastic. Absolutely, and these local guys become famous. I've you know I can say I worked the first in ring appearance of Tracy Brooks, uh, Beth Phoenix. I did a lot of early matches with Gail Kim. Mm-hmm. Ty Dillinger, of course, is a regular in Ontario, so I mean, I certainly worked a lot of matches with him. Santino Morella was a local indie wrestler in Ontario. So, I mean, uh, the guys you go see at the indie shows really do have the potential of becoming, you know, WWE stars, and now it's starting to open up. So Ring of Honor, Impact is now in Canada. I don't know if people know that, but I yeah. mean, uh, the old Slammiversary. Slammiversary is coming up very soon, July 22nd. Exactly, and it's it's ba- basically based out of Windsor now with Scott Demore. However, they do bring in some stuff up to Toronto at the de- through the Destiny shows. So it's a great time to be in uh, Ontario indie wrestling for sure. And uh, we were talking about up and down the ladder. I guess I was going to say is uh, the parallels with the entertainment business and like any business out there, whoever's listening, is the politics. Oh, of course, it's not always the best wrestlers who get out there. Uh, I'm uh, close with a lot of uh, the girl wrestlers in Ontario. So Jesse Mack, local. Jesse Mack from mm-hmm. Kingston is fabulous, but uh, right now it's very strong because we've got a girl named Jody Threat who is just amazing. Um, Giselle Shaw has come out from the West Coast from Lance Storm School, and she's made such an impact in, in Ontario. And of course, my personal favorite because we're just out and out. My first friend and my best friend in professional wrestling is a girl named Beautiful Bia. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you ever have a chance to see her, she's amazing. Um, and bring your kids because she adores kids, and that's for real. Not a put on. She loves kids, and uh, but she's grounded in the basics, but still knows how to fly. And her finisher uh, is the frog splash. So it's nice to see the girls in there, and um, it's a strong time for them as well. So um, yeah, and the, uh, like I said, uh, TV in Canada that's amazing. Smash is the other pro- the one. That's the only promotion I actually haven't worked for in Ontario, pretty much. And uh, but but Sebastian, who runs it, is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess my point is, he was having Johnny Gargano on two years ago. You could have gone to see him at an indie show. Destiny's featuring a lot of the big stars. He had they had Pete Dunne not that long ago, and well, they uh, had a, they had a dream favorite. match. They had uh, 
Marty Marty's girl against against yeah I guess it was Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne. Like that's yeah that's a dream uh, match too because he's he's able to and, and George is able to bring in guys from different promotions and uh, put on dream matches. And I, I was going to say that uh, then you got Alpha One here who has featured Cody Rhodes for the last two years. Mm-hmm. So you know those are the top wrestlers in the world right now, and the only person who really hasn't appeared here is Kenny Omega in that top group of stars. So oh. um, and Kenny Omega, what go. a what a talent. That is, I don't know if you saw Dominion this week. Um, I actually, I, I saw one match on YouTube. I watched uh, the Chris Jericho match, and it was amazing. It was amazing. You know, when you, like, you think about how many years ago he started in Japan as Pegasus Kid, or no, with, with, with Pegasus Kid, with yeah. Chris Benoit, of that era. And you start thinking about how, you know, he's been around forever, and he's still putting on good matches. And uh, it was a wrestling show. There was no sports entertainment. No, it's it's, it was, it's wrestling, it wrestling, 100%. Show. And that's the thing is, like, when people say, I don't really like WWE because it's too cartoony or too hokey, I was like, yeah. go, you need to watch New Japan because yeah. oh, their absolutely. product is, is on par, if yeah, not exactly. even better. Like, you watch Dominion, and uh, that's WrestleMania quality. Those matches, like, okay, to go on last on that show, which is almost four and a half, five hours, and then to do an hour, over an hour in a two out of three falls match, between yeah. Okada and Omega. And, and I uh, heard the comparison. The comparison I heard this morning from Bully oh. Ray when he was on the radio was saying, we haven't seen a series of wrestling matches because I guess they've had a series of matches. Yes, this is the and third one. Yeah, The only one that he can remember that would be on par would be Flair and Steamboat. I was just going to say Flair and Steamboat would probably be the only one as well where yeah. they had a series of matches. And they said even though the wrestling is different, um, because they were, he sort of made it funny. He says, of course, they're at a quicker pace now than Steamboat and Flair, but Steamboat and Flair would do it six days a week. Well, I think also another good series of matches was uh, way back in the 80s. Um, well, around like uh, Magnum TA and Nikita Koloff had a great yep. series of seven for the U.S. title, and that was fantastic. Um, yeah, it was, that may I, be the other I one. didn't actually get to see that, but it wasn't televised where I lived in, at the time, but... Yeah, uh, I did see them through videotapes and things. I saw that's how I got to see them through videotapes eventually. But I used to read about them, so yeah. you know it was. Uh, that's why I'm excited on uh, this week on Saturday night. I'm not going to do any plugs, but I just happen to be working Greek Town, and Ricky Steamboat's going to be there. So and he's fantastic. I've had him on the show, and, and uh, yes, yeah, he uh, we did the we did the podcast uh, driving from Kingston to Toronto, and uh, and it was uh, very it was. I smile when I think about it because he's one of my heroes and he's so kind and so nice and he he was able to you were able to joke with him and uh I you know I I threw some jabs his way and he threw jabs my way he called me a hobo you know uh <laughs> he said I looked like a hobo and uh I ended up getting I have all my old wrestling magazines and uh, most of them are in well con- good condition and I look at it right now and it's a sports review wrestling Shy Town Rumble makes NWA history, and it's got him holding the uh, the NWA World Title, which was his first time winning it. So, oh, I know it. Those seventies and eighties, those the magazines and things were so awesome. Oh, and the I covers look so great. People miss them now. And I was saying to one of the guys yesterday because we were talking about podcasts and things. I might just mention I was going to be on here today, but I was saying there's so much material for wrestling. I don't know what to watch or listen to, whether it's matches or podcasts or information. I was saying when I was young in the 70s, well, I wasn't even that young in the 70s, but if you could get a clipping in the paper, you know, a little inch by inch, little clipping of the results from Maple Leaf Gardens, that was 
bonus. That was amazing. That was mainstream coverage of wrestling. We were so excited. But now you, there's so much that uh, people don't understand what we had to do as wrestling fans. It was a tight group. So um, it's so nice to see if your heroes from the past are as nice and wonderful. Yeah, I was lucky enough to work with Jake the Snake about three times, um, and actually two of the three times he was actually wrestling, and he was just as nice, if not nicer, than uh, I would have imagined. Uh, Steamboat was great. He was managing the match I was refing. He put over the ref, which was really nice. Like Afterwards, he talked about it and said, you know, you guys are, are you do so much stuff in front of the ref, and the ref is helpless because he can't really disqualify you depending on the match, right? Yeah. So just little things like headlocks and things like, you know, if you're going to poke somebody in the eye or if you're going to pull some hair, don't do it right in front of the ref. Hide it. It's the mystery that's, you know, tr- me trying to f- catch you. Yeah. That's the story. And that's true, too. Like, you don't want to, uh, I guess the, the phrase is burn the ref, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, you don't well, want to. Well, the thing is, I mean, he was saying that in front of three people, and by the time he finished, every single wrestler on the r- roster was standing there getting a clinic. That's yeah. And respect. he put over him, and he, he talked about being a jobber and talking about you know because I guess that's used as a derogatory term. And his discussion was, he said, "Who's the biggest jobber in wrestling?" And people didn't know what to say. And he says, "Well, me, of course." He says, "I wrestled uh, Flair maybe five hundred times, and I won three. Yeah. And he says, "I'm exaggerating because I think I only won two. <laughs> and he said, was I over? And they all went, well, yeah, you're, those are the classic matches of all time. So you don't have to win to be over? And no. all these indie wrestlers are going, oh, my gosh, we never thought of it that way. Well, there are certain wrestlers that are, you know, there's once they're over, over, like Chris Jericho, he doesn't yet, he lost a Fandango at a WrestleMania. Doesn't hurt him. <laughs> doesn't hurt him at all. You know, no. he, he's, because uh, he's, he's just that good. And yep, uh, talent, talent, charisma, and politics that gets you over. Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately, the politics thing there is a little too strong for me because I just see too many guys getting put in. Whether it's WWE or Ring of Honor or even just the local indies, you see you see the politics everywhere, and uh, it, it is a shame. And you, you want to see the you know the best people out there, and uh, it is a game. And as I say, you, you, not always the best wrestler is is on top. So. But I think guys like Chris Jericho, have, you know, you just can't deny their talent. Kenny Omega, the same. I remember seeing him at Ring of Honor years ago, and I kept saying, this guy's really good. Yeah. And uh, he was kind of on the undercard then. And, uh, you know, people are just saying, oh, it's your Canadian, and you're always going to, you know, pull for the Canadian guy. And I said, no, no. I said, I'm just watching. I said, it. I can't find a flaw in his game. No, and, uh, no I don't. He didn't all. have the charisma back then. He didn't have, I don't think he'd fully developed his character. And I think when he did and when he found who he was, it's like Cody Rhodes. Once he got away from WWE and figured out who he was, he's, he's, he's done unbelievable. And, and, you know, you talk about the young bucks and yeah. you know, how they've made a career without ever being in the WWE. How do you do that? And I don't, I, I don't ever think they can go to the WWE without having to adjust a lot of their style and what they do. Oh, for sure. And I talked about this with uh, with Jimmy uh, Corderas when he was on the show. Uh, oh, I yeah. said, how do you feel about the Young Bucks? Because my roommate, who is a wrestling purist, I call him, uh, he, <laughs> he, he does not like the Young Bucks because he hates the way their matches have no regards for any of the rules or countouts or disqualifications. Uh, he's like, they constantly burn the ref. And I said to Jimmy, I was like, how do you feel about that? And he actually told me that he refed a Young Bucks match up in Toronto. And yeah. uh, they said to him, they apologized to him before the match. We're going to make, we're going to burn <laughs> you so bad. We're sorry in advance. Like, but yeah. his- actually, I did. I actually got the ref of Young Bucks match as well. And it was oh. kind of a cool thing because uh, one of my favorite shows is uh, called Carrot Fest. It's a festival of <laughs> carrots in Bradford, Ontario. 
And uh, I wasn't supposed to work the card, and I drove in, and they I said, well, I'm here now. I said, can I do an opener or something just for fun? I wasn't expecting to get paid or anything. I just thought, oh, I'm here now. I wasn't supposed to make it. But I was on a family trip, and I made it in time to see the thing. And, uh, oh, yeah, you can do this match. And it was kind of a nothing match. Couldn't even tell you who was in it. And as I'm walking from the ring back to the dressing room, mm-hmm. somebody meets me halfway and says, okay, you're doing the Young Bucks. The other referee's not working out. <laughs> and I said, okay. And I turned around back to the ring, not knowing what was going on. So I didn't even get a chance to chat with them. And their match was awesome. But I don't think it's just the Young Bucks. I think wrestling in general, I mean, countouts. Um, once again, it's improv. Do I count you out? Do I come out to the crowd? Well, Do I, you know, walk and, with them? Jimmy if, and I have talked about that before too. Yeah, and if the crowd is enjoying it, just let it let it go, let it happen. And that's what I'll say because I'm always uh, like Jimmy and I. The only disagreement I've ever had, and I've never actually told him this, but is that he comes from a WWE background where I come from a total indie background. So I do break some of the rules. I certainly am very friendly with the crowd. I always chat with the crowd. So usually if I'm out, I'll just I'll, I'll actually say to the people around me going, hey, come on, they want to see the finish in the, in the ring. Come on, this is too big of a match to, you know, to lose out here kind of thing or to win or lose out here. So come on, get in the ring. So you make that kind of connection with the crowd and then they, they get to know you a little bit and make it. I try to make it make sense because the rules are very confusing now. And I, I think we, you could do a whole show on the rules of wrestling, how they've changed over our lifetime. Yeah. Um, and there was no bulletin, there was no memo, there was no uh, magical thing that said, okay, rules are changing now. They just <laughs> suddenly changed. And countouts meant nothing. I've actually done it where you've, you've gone, you know, fought out in the crowd for so-and-so, a, a very prominent Ontario wrestler. Um, and in the next match, the finish was a countout. So it made me look ridiculous. The match beforehand, they'd been out there for 30. Yeah. And the next match was... Um, yeah. So what do you do? I, I, you know, you play it by ear, you improv, you find out. Um, I tend to follow the storyline if I can. I don't usually, you know, go against what is written down or whatever is planned. Um, I don't consider it. a lot of people like uh, Jimmy and uh, Harry D's the other referee who's really big. He was a yeah. WCW referee and has done a couple of tours with Hogan and things like that. So he's got more experience than me as well. So he's a local Toronto ref as well. They they do a lot more stuff on their own. Like they'll call stuff that I wouldn't call. I sort of just go play along with the wrestlers and figure that they're the talent and I'm just going to go along with them. So, mm-hmm. um, But yeah, I don't really... Inf- I'm not as strict in enforcing laws so much. Last night I had a bit of a problem because the shoulders just weren't down, and yeah. you know I know what they wanted me to count to three, and I just said I can't do it. I said it makes me look so stupid, so I can't do it. Though your shoulders are down, so I know the rhythm of the match kind of screwed up. But uh, yeah, did was uh, was Teddy Hart on the show last night? He was. He was all of Teddy Hart, and uh, Teddy Hart is the biggest character in wrestling. If you didn't know, no, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Is, yeah. Him and his cats, and uh, I was going to say, how many cats did he have with him? <laughs> he didn't actually have cats this time. I happened to do a road trip with a friend of mine who's a wrestling fan. I met, you know, I meet a lot of great people in wrestling, especially the fans. And my friend Orangeville Bill, uh, who actually was promoting comedy for a while, so uh, but he was. We became friends, and we decided well, let's drive to Cleveland. I want to see this AIW. So that's what we did. We went to a couple of comedy clubs, and we went to uh, AIW. And Teddy Hart was there. So if you want a picture with him, it cost me twenty bucks. I'm just a fan. If I'm outside of Ontario, so I took the twenty bucks. He said, "Hey." Add five bucks, I'll tell you a T-shirt. That's the kind of guy he's. Uh, he's always on the hustle. Yeah. But uh, so I wore the T-shirt specifically last night just for fun, and he asked me all about it. And then he gave me an eight by ten because I bought a shirt off him. That's but awesome. The eight by ten wasn't signed or anything, but uh, 
that's him. He's just he's he's an interesting guy. Last night he put on a good show. Was a five way with Josh Alexander and um, I don't even remember all the people because I wasn't in that match. But uh, um, he's a character, and uh, but I think uh, he's a pretty good guy from what I've seen. Oh, that's great stuff. Uh, we'll, yeah. put, we'll wind this up, Jim. Already? Yeah, yeah. It's went by pretty quickly. We've already uh, done like forty-two minutes. Oh my gosh! I know. I'm a talker. I, I know. Well, that's fantastic. It's say this has been a very easy job for me today. Because uh, I had I had I had to do very barely any talking, which is fantastic, and I got everything I wanted out of you. Uh, oh, great. Which is fantastic. Well, tell the people out there to like my fan page, which is old school Eddington James. And uh, my real shoot name is Jim Connolly, C-O-N-N-O-L-L-Y, and you're certainly welcome to f- uh, friend me, and uh, unless you're some kind of creep, and I'll, I'll I figure that out pretty quickly. So, see, like right now, usually I'd say, "Tell us where we can find you online." I didn't even have to say that. You know, like, there you go. Well, I was afraid you. I didn't want to get you know. <laughs> you're too good. I got to push my stuff. I got to sell the shirts. I got shirts. I got to sell them. It's all. It's all I'm about a, the I'm money. I'm attention. You know, I got to make sure that I make some money here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Folks, Jim Connolly, old school, uh, the oldest referee in Ontario that's with us today. And uh, you just heard where you can find him. You can find him on Facebook, and you like his page as well. Uh, we'll have all those, uh, all that information on the links uh, underneath the iTunes or uh, wherever you see uh, this uh, podcast posted. Uh, folks, thank you for letting us put a headlock on your ears for a bit, and thank you uh, for joining us on Talking Wrestling. Have a great day. Bye now. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.